0: Welcome to Getting Intimate with CX, brought to you by Brandhook and distributed through the CMO magazine. Numbers will provide some factual element to a story, but the real insight comes from listening to a customer and putting yourself in their shoes. And that sort of whole human-centered design concept is, is really predicated on that.
1: Hi, I'm Pip Stocks, and I'm your host for Getting Intimate with CX, an 11-part series about what makes a great customer experience and how brands in Australia are getting intimate to do that. My guest for this episode is Sarah Daymond, who's the Executive Manager of Marketing Insights and Customer Experience. That's a good title, Sarah, big job. It is, but uh, lots of exciting stuff to do, which is great. (laughs) Keeps (laughs) me busy. You've covered the whole gamut there. Great. Welcome. So as people have got the gist now, basically what we're doing is we're asking um, the same seven questions of everybody, Um, so we'll just kick off. Um, So all right, let's start with the first one. When was the last time you had a great customer experience, and which brand was it with?
0: Look, uh, I'm really impressed with the online claims experience that my health insurer uh, who happens to be NIB is currently providing because they've figured out that a key driver of customer satisfaction isn't just price or features led it's actually how easy it is to claim and uh, a lot of providers still don't offer the, um, the high-cap service where you can claim your healthcare benefit on the spot. Mm. Um, and with the NIB app, and no doubt, I'm not 100% certain, but I'm, I'm sure other providers offer a similar kind of service... You can take a photo of the documentation, upload it via the app, you receive confirmation email immediately and a text when the money is paid a few days later. So it's really made what's been previously an incredibly frustrating experience. So fantastically simple. Ooh. So a big shout out to the UX team at NIB, well done. Maybe you could steal some of those people. <laughs> it would be nice if anyone's
1: <laughs> listening from, uh, from NIB. <laughs> uh, my health insurer who will remember Nameless uh, has a very complicated process for claiming. I have to still go online and input all the individual. Claim. So, you know, sometimes you yeah. get a receipt of like 10 things if you've been to Pilates or something. I have to input every single one of those. Uh, and then sometimes they even ask for the documentation. So it's it like, feels like I'm yeah. duplicating it.
0: Well, you might want to send them a link to the NIB website. That's a very good idea. <laughs>
1: um, so is that seamlessness kind of ties in with the second question, what makes a great customer experience? Is that ability to be seamless in, in your delivery important?
0: Yeah, for sure. And, and I think, look... Simplicity is a key factor, and at the end of the day, I think it's really got to solve where previously there was a problem. It's also really important to have consistency in that experience, Mm. which probably gets into your seamless point, particularly where it's across multiple channels. Um, You know, people don't just use one channel only, uh, one device only. Um, we 're using multiple online and offline channels um, and the I think the n i b example using mobile email s m s really seamlessly to your point is a is a great example of that it still amazes
1: me, and look, I know a lot of it 's due to archaic systems in big organizations, but it does still amaze me how you know the the you can't you can go online but you can 't go on your phone or you can go on the computer, but you can 't go here like you know, and Or if you do go on your mobile, they don't seem to recognise something that you've did in another device. I mean, I do find that quite astounding.
0: And look, particularly having worked in superannuation and financial services for a long time, a lot of it is driven by legacy systems, particularly yeah. when you're dealing with personalised data. Um, you know, just only a couple of hours ago, I had a chat with uh, my UX consultant And, you know, he was saying, oh, sometimes when you have the, you know, you have the idea, um, the difference between the idea and the implementation is, you know, is so challenging because of that integration piece. Um, But I think to some extent that's what I feel and certainly what he feels is one of the most rewarding things when you can get particularly in our organisation, that is mid-sized, you can get the right people around the table reasonably quickly. Yeah, that's right. Um, and also to understand that there will be some elements of trade-off. There's no point really um, progressing with something if it's just round the edges. Um, yeah. Which is why doing so much um, research and customer testing is, is critical beforehand. What we might think is important may not be valued by a member. Yeah, that's right.
1: I mean, I, I think that kind of leads us into you know why some brands um great are able to crack a great customer experience Mm -hmm. and others aren't i mean is it that you are able to be nimble and sit around a table with your team
0: is is that what makes it so easy for you look i I think the size and structure of the organization is really important you know i I, at vic super i often say that we're small enough to be agile and create customer solutions reasonably quickly and large enough to do something meaningful Mm. um which which is great um There's no doubt that the brands who do customer experience really well um, are often quite small. Some of these people are, you know, start-ups. um, um, And if they're not, you know, it has been often led by the top. From the CEO and the execs, and sometimes even the board, depending on how progressive they are. Um, And it's often incorporated into the vision and mission. Um, It certainly is in ours um, and is often defined as a key measure of success in the organisation. We're fortunate that we have um, in our organisation the customer experience as part of our ongoing processes and have a lot of cross functional teams that we can pull in reasonably. Um, Rapidly, um, that are aligned to the one purpose. So it is almost for us entrenched as part of our BAU. Mm. Um, I have a a user experience consultant as part of my team, but um, a lot of what we do is uh, integrated into our BAU operations. But um, I appreciate that for larger organisations that have more larger entrenched business verticals um, or significant new initiatives, There are a couple of major projects we're working on at the moment, then separate customer experience teams or project teams need to be established outside that BAU. So you reckon take it out of the business unit and actually give it its um
1: Look, yeah, if
0: it's if focus. it's if it's large enough um absolutely i think uh you know a lot of you know mid to larger size businesses are so stretched anyway mm. just just delivering on our trying to deliver on our business objectives that um it's easy often to say oh it's you know it's too hard particularly to the point you mentioned earlier around okay well if you do have to integrate these systems mm. to create a great customer experience you you do need to make sure that you have that consistency of purpose within that team yeah. and that is the driving factor and yeah, right. um, and you know you don't let the BAU get in the way yeah, yeah.
1: So you all have to go away and let us do it ourselves.
0: <laughs> it would be it would be nice, um, but I, so we we kind of alternate both approaches. Yeah, um, which is working working quite well for us. But you us. have
1: to have a leader, I think, that allows you to have that flexibility, Correct. don't you? I mean, if Correct. you're in a traditional organisation, that that wouldn't really
0: work. Correct, and and also have some. And our board have expressed this to us actually. They've they've given us some license to fail. Um, with some ideas reasonably quickly, um, and but and not get to a point where we've invested a lot in that. Um, and so, what we want to be able to do is have that sense of and that freedom to be able to throw around and explore. Uh, what might have been you know ideas that we wouldn't have even considered a couple of years ago Mm. um, to be able to now um, to expand and create a really good customer experience so yeah it's um, I think having that freedom to think um, laterally is, Mm. is really really important
1: and deliver a solution that's according to the problem
0: Correct. And getting back to my point around not being entrenched in the BAU, which is often very process driven. Mm. Um, and sure, a lot of ex- customer experiences are process driven, but um, we just need to take a step back and get into that broad- broader um, mindset of Of what could be possible. Mm.
1: So we believe at Brandtalk that customer intimacy is key to delivering a great customer experience and in fact it is really that only competitive edge these days. Um, I mean how are you developing your intimacy Mm. with your customers?
0: Um, Look I think this is something like a website you never really finished. Um, It's an ongoing journey um, for us so we've spent a lot of time over the last 18 months or so looking at our analytics and our data um and working with our data scientists to help understand our members and predict behaviors so we can try and anticipate member needs and certainly get the right solution to the member at the right time Um, we've also implemented a voice of the customer program Mm. um, measuring around five of our key experiences on a quarterly basis um sure it's a lag metric um, but it's also a fantastic way for people across the business to get around the table to look at the results and understand what we're doing well and where we need to improve Um, and we've also created a user experience function which i mentioned before in our business and uh, we're speaking to a lot of customer groups Uh, trial and testing various experiences and um, understanding what's important and what's not from the very um, initial research phase around what their needs are right through to testing the prototypes so it's
1: interesting because we're talking to a lot of people who are saying that if taking all of these metrics and data and having the conversation around those things rather than just reading them in a report um, actually having a conversation around what people are telling you seems to be
0: what's working that's where I find the gold is mm. um because numbers will tell a story, uh, uh, provide some factual element to a story but the real um the real insight um, comes from listening to a customer mm. and putting yourself in their shoes and that sort of whole human centered design concept mm. is is really predicated on that. Um, in fact, a lot of human-centred design stuff doesn't use a lot of quant data. Um, a, lo- a lot of it is around, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of the customer. So yeah. I think that's where those real gold insights come from. The, the quant stuff, you absolutely need that too, particularly when you're talking about your current state and future state and really trying to demonstrate the value of it. I think that's where you do need the metrics and so forth as well. Um, but you can't, you need a quant qual approach
1: yeah Yeah. one's context one's framework and one's context and I think you know again you kind of need to be able to get granular and big at the same time absolutely so you talked about measurement um with the board what are what is the way that you are measuring your customer intimacy and cx success
0: So we've got a a mean advocacy rating um, across our member base from 0 to 10 um, that's part of our balanced scorecard and Mm. uh, reported to the board each quarter. Um, We we use um, mean advocacy because there's less volatility in it um, as opposed to a net promoter score. Um, particularly around investment markets and so Mm. forth because we found that um, there was a lot more sensitivity in relation to um, NPS than than mean advocacy. So um, we have that balanced scorecard. Um, As I mentioned, we've got the metrics from our Voice of the Customer program. We've had that in place now two years, so it's really nice to see that trend. It takes a while to to see... um, um, how we are trending and um, what are the elements that can contribute to scores going up and down. Uh, so that's been really valuable for us, and um, that's included in the executives' uh, KPIs and also the managers' KPIs yeah, as great. well. Um, and we also look at the change in member behaviour, member engagement through various metrics. Um, and how this links to more commercial outcomes in our business. Even though we're a profit to member fund, um, we want to make sure that we're growing the fund so the members get the benefit. And so, whether that be from increased membership growth, um, any changes we make to the from um, changes we make to the welcome join experience, for example, mm. any improved retention, uh, increased number of roll-ins, and so forth. So we're really trying, where we can, to be able to put those measurements behind it. It's also been a good exercise for our board um, mm. as well to to go on that journey with us, because a lot of these sorts of things, particularly around CX in the main, are going to be lag metrics. So Mm. you won't really know for a year or potentially more um, the true impact that these sorts of experiences are having.
1: But I think if it's on their scorecard or, you know, uh, part of a board's KPIs, for example, then they have
0: to have the conversation around a customer. Absolutely. I've always been a big advocate. If you want people to take accountability for it and also to take an interest in it, you put it in their um, their dashboard or their KPIs. lights. Mm. Yeah, I'm <laughs> totally,
1: I'm totally into that as well. Um, all right, last two questions. What new technology or trend are you most excited about when it comes to your brand's customer experience?
0: Gosh, there's so much and it's moving so fast. I, you know, every morning I go through my emails and it seems that there's some new thing um, out there. So trawling through that is actually, and and working out the wheat from the chaff is is. Um, A task in itself, um, which is why it's really important to have a a really clear strategy. But what we're really trying to leverage at the moment is our marketing automation capability Mm. and our new content management system capabilities to create more journey maps that are automated and aligned to specific personas. Um, so we think that that's going to help us create more relevant customer experiences um, and better business outcomes um, and also give us more efficiencies moving forward because it will be automated. And I'm, I'm really interested in the resurgence of web chat. Yeah, um, I love web chat. It's been around for a long time, but I was in the States last year and was really impressed with how widely... Um, Online chat is used uh, a lot more than here, and I think you'll see the chatbot capability really improve yeah. over the next couple of years, um, with you know much stronger algorithms underpinning it, um, particularly with the larger banks. Um, I don't think as an organisation we're large enough for automated chatbots, but there I believe there is a place for us with um, in specific experiences um, for um, web chat as an alternate channel.
1: Yeah, as long as it doesn't stop people getting, because when you do ring or when you do actually go online, usually it's because you want to find a a, a solution quickly. So as long as it enables that and doesn't, you know, puts another barrier up, you know, I think I, I had to ring one of the utilities the other day and I went through you know nine different numbers and 75 different variations of that and you know as you know everyone gets frustrated so the bot can't be another one of those it has to actually solve problems.
0: Completely agree and I don't think you can say well it's going to be the most cost efficient channel for us so therefore we're sticking it here. Yes, right. Um, it's really got to be the right fit yeah. Um, so we're cert- certainly thinking about it for to help um, members work through things like online calculators yeah. and, and so forth as more of an enabler rather than, to your point, um, you know, it's uh, going to be a very limited experience or we'll put up another barrier. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. A
1: lot of brands are using uh, thinking about them as a way of reducing costs in call centers, mm-hmm. and I think that's a really bad way to think about it.
0: Look, I um, I agree. Um, I think uh, I know that there are a few. Uh, there's a particular airline that's using it um, at the moment. That um, and I think. Uh my experience with it has been um, probably suboptimal. Yeah. Um, but I think they are getting more sophisticated. Um, there's also voice analytics and, and so forth that yeah. it can be um, uh, linked in with a lot of this. So I think it's something to really watch over the over the course of the next couple of years. But it gets back to a point of it's got to be the right fit. Yeah, it that's right. It has to be the right fit.
1: I totally agree. Uh, all right, your last question this is exciting, isn't it? Um, I've had typical bloody marketers change this question on me. But anyway, you might not be a changing question person, Sarah. If you had a magic wand, what would be the one thing you'd change about your customer experience?
0: I had to think long and hard about this one. Um, too many things? There too, oh, too many things and it's um, – I guess it's really – you have to sort of really say, right, what's the most critical thing? Yeah. Um, but the one that really stood out for me is that, you know, the f- the c- current trend and future trends are that, you know, people are becoming a lot more transient in mm. the workforce, right? The days of staying in a job for 30 years are, are well and truly over. And um, the millennials, you know, it's... Common knowledge, you know, it's common practice to spend a year or two here and there and then change career completely or be a consultant and then come back into the workforce. So much more transient. And so keeping in touch with, in contact with our customers and having them take us Mm. with them um, as they change jobs is critical. You know, it takes so much time to acquire a member. We really need to ensure that um, we... Are really smart about how um, they can take us with them, so we'd love to have stronger links with the employers um, and. Uh their current employer, their previous, uh, and the future employer, before they uh, before they change jobs, so we can make them they can make that move from one employer to the next really seamlessly. Mm. Um, and I think it's a challenge that the whole industry faces as well. We're very highly regulated as well, so well, that's some th- help.
1: I think that the you know even just talking about what we know other people are doing when when your life isn't about a full time job, and you're a business owner or you're a consultant and you know and also the trend of the consumer being in control um, how do you enable that person to not just keep you informed about their changes but also make sure that they're not losing out in that journey
0: absolutely and look the, the one one thing that I would love to get more traction on and we're doing a lot of exciting work in in this area at the moment and I think this is something that the industry is going to get a lot better at in the future, is making it more real hmm. for, for members. Superannuation is something you can't see, can't touch. Or it, and it's, um, you know, it's a number, either number on a page. Hmm. And, it's very, and it's also into the future. Hmm. So it makes it really difficult to connect. Um, So I think um, there's going to be some interesting things that I know we're doing and that the industry will be doing into the future to really help people connect and take ownership and track more effectively and make changes to and and really use use their superannuation as that really important asset Um, uh, rather than just something that, you know, sits on the um, dining room table for gathering dust Mm. um, (laughs) until the next statement run comes in. I I don't think
1: many people, well, I don't know, I'm not great knowing what my balance is anyway i shouldn't be talking to you about that because i am <laughs> a big super right, customer i can tell you later on. maybe you can tell me. yeah we don't say that on the on the cmo magazine distributed podcast um so thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back next week with another great episode thanks thanks sarah